Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Bikes and Big Ideas on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. And once again, we are broadcasting this episode from our home here in the Gunnison Valley of Colorado, and you should start making plans to come ride our vast network of trails here in Gunnison and Crested Butte. Okay, today I am joined by Blister reviewers Noah Bodman and David Golay to talk about the new race landscape, since we have seen a major amount of rider and team moves in the world of men's DH and women's DH. And in this conversation, we are also going to discuss some of the news and moves in the free ride and enduro scene too. So that is what we have on tap for you today. So let's get to it. Well, I am so happy to be joined by two distinguished gentlemen, David Golay and Noah Bodman. What have I done to deserve this? It's nice to see both of you. Yeah, you too, Jonathan. Been a while since we got the whole gang together here. This is good. Great to see you too. I know. Everybody's wearing black hoodies, so that's on point. We've got the blister business casual, actually blister business formal really the black hoodie yeah i think we're i think we're on point and it seems like we are ready to discuss what we're calling the new race landscape so uh david why don't you go ahead and just kind of kick us off what on earth is going on in the racing world well i think kind of the biggest thing that's happening is that just an unusually high number of the top dh racers have changed teams in this offseason by my count Eight of the men who finished in the top 20 in the World Cup overall last season changed teams, and there's some stuff going on on the women's side that we'll get into as well. But everyone's riding for someone new now, and uh, a bunch of the teams have gotten shuffled pretty dramatically. So we're here to talk about that. All right, no, let's let's start with talking about the whole Trek situation because they've suddenly become just absurdly stacked. Yeah, pretty clearly Trek is the team to beat for 2021. It's been a while since Trek has really been kind of that dominant force, really, you know, really since Gwyn left Trek. Uh, we've seen Charlie Harrison get some good results. And then this past year, Reese Wilson really looked like he was on the verge of greatness. But, well, he got a concussion and sat out for the last few races. So so we didn't quite get to see what he what he had up his sleeve. But now with the addition of Vergier and then, uh, well, so Trek has two separate teams. So, you know, I've been talking about the Trek factory team, but then we have, uh, well, what's the other team called? What's Trek calling it? It's Trek Rock Shocks. They don't have a very splashy name for it, but it's the, and it's kind of the youth team. So the big addition on that side is that Valley Hall made the jump over to Trek from YT. She'd been riding for YT since she was something like 13 and is now on her, her first new team of her career. And then she's joined by Jamie Edmondson, Ethan Shandro, and Tegan Cruz on that RockShox team, which is kind of the youth brigade. All four of them are under 20. Valley Hall's obviously kind of the most exciting up-and-coming talent on the women's side in quite a few years. And Jamie Edmondson had an amazing breakthrough year last year, finishing 11th overall in the World Cup standings. And then um, they've got a couple of other pretty exciting talents with Shandro and T. 
Keegan Cruz to Ethan Chandro, if you picked up on the name, is in fact Andrew Chandro's son. And and Andrew Chandro is the manager of at least Trek Factory Racing, I believe. Is he also the manager of Trek Rock Shocks? Or am I getting this backwards? I think he's doing both, yeah. So he's he's got his fingers in both of those pies and they've between the two teams they've got just an absolutely ridiculous roster and are suddenly the kind of the team to beat next year in a whole bunch of fronts. Do you know when Ethan Chandro and Tegan Cruz move up to elites? I don't recall off the top of my head how old they are. Ethan Chandro will be in an elite this year. Tegan Cruz is 15, so he's got a couple years as a junior left. Yeah, so uh, it'll be real interesting to see what Ethan Chandro can put together because he had some great results as a junior. And and the last couple of years, uh, the, at least the top end of the junior class you know, those guys were putting down results that would be top 20 times in elites. The fact that Tegan Cruz is, is already up there when he's 15 is is pretty incredible. Kids these days. Oh, kids these days. I wonder how old your kids, Noah, are going to be when they first make the the factory team from any company. That's a good question. If it's not 13, I feel like, I don't know, I'll be a little disappointed in you. <laughs> I mean, I've been reading books uh, like, you know, like from Joe Jackson, like how to make your kids like really Sick. weird, but really successful. Uh, yeah. So I think, you know, the, the nice yeah. thing, having twins, I can sort of try different tactics with each of them. It's like, you know, I've got like my control group and then the experimental one. So. I have high expectations, at least for one of them. Okay. Have you already designated, like, you're going to be the weird one and maybe the really good rider, and you just might be the nice functional kid that people like? Have you already made this choice? I sure hope your wife doesn't listen to this. We're maybe kidding, but I'm also now kind of curious. I think you should do this for the kind of the societal experiment. See, now now the question is, like, if either of these kids end up listening to this years down the road because this is the Internet and everything lasts forever. The question is, do I want to lay out that one of them is the weird one and one of them's the normal one? Because that's just going to make for uh, an awkward conversation at the dinner table in like 12 years. And they're like, which one's the weird one? And I'm like, well, I'm not going to tell you. I, if you have to ask. <laughs> I, I, I think we're not going to have to ask. Anyway, I've taken us off course. I do think, by the way, you, you guys started by saying we maybe could use a better name for the Trek Rock Shocks team. But I think you already said it. It should be called the Youth Brigade. Yeah, that would be better. You guys can have that one for free. You're welcome. Wow. Okay. So Trek stacked should be winning a bunch of things. Yeah, so Trek is incredibly stacked. And then to pivot and talk about another team that has been super dominant of late, Comensal has had a couple of big moves as well. Uh, after a long time riding for them, Remy Tyrion has left and gone to ride for Giant. But then they have picked up Angel Suarez in his place, who's coming over from YT, where he'd been for a few years. And so they basically just swapped two guys who both finished in the top 10 overall last year. And um, Suarez has been kind of had some injury issues the last few years, but then seemed to really put it together again last season. And it'll be cool to see what he can do this year if, fingers crossed, he stays healthy again. Yeah, I think this is a really interesting move because uh, really both 
Suarez and Tyrion have had some injury issues over the last few years and maybe haven't been running at either of their kind of top potentials. Tyrion's kind of the old guard and personally one of my favorite people to watch ride. You know, the steeper and messier the track is, that guy, he knows how to let go of the brakes better than than most. Uh, doesn't always get the best results, but man, he's a fun one to watch ride. And Suarez, you know, he really seems like he flies under the radar, like he got a lot of press back when he was Gwyn's teammate on YT, but there was always these glimpses of results from him, but he never quite could put it together. But I think last season was probably his best, but then it was also Tyrion's best season in a few years. So it, it kind of feels like a lateral move for Commonsall, other than Suarez has got to be, what, 10, 12 years younger than Tyrion? Maybe more? I don't think it's quite that much, but he's significantly younger, yeah. Yeah. But then it's interesting that Tyrion's going to Giant because we haven't seen a whole lot out of Giant in a, a long time. I, I'm trying to think. It's been a while, yeah. They, they're Danny Hart like you know how does he sit down with balls that big like that clip like that's kind of the last time i think of giant having a dominant rider yeah and that was what 11 years ago now something like that i think it was 2012 yeah okay yeah so it's been a while and it'll be cool to see them having a really top rider again and seeing what can happen there yeah because they had you know other than that it was uh what marcelo gutierrez right he's been their top guy for a long time yeah he's been on giant for a long time but i don't think he raced at all in 2020 uh i think he sat out and at least for a little while there it seemed like he was starting to dabble in enduro and kind of go down that road so yeah i, th I think that's an interesting move and uh, hopefully we see some uh, good results on the Giant team with Tyrion. Sticking with the men's DH side of things, um, a couple other big names moving around, perhaps most notably Danny Hart leaving Madison Saracen and going to Cube. Um, he of the balls from which he can't sit down for that little line. And his split from Madison Saracen seemed like it was pretty messy. There was quite a bit of shade being thrown both ways as he was on the way out and no one seemed very happy about that situation there and he had a little bit of an off year by his normal lofty standards finished 19th overall in the uh overall which certainly nothing to sneeze at but not entirely what he's capable of either and it'll be cool to see with a fresh start and a new team if he can really get back to his top form well and you know with with Hart, he uh, he became a father in the last year or so, which I've heard makes you really slow. Uh, <laughs> uh, it maybe not for everyone, yeah. but you know, in my experience, <laughs> you, you start to suck. So uh, hopefully, Hart can get over that little hurdle and uh, get back to his winning ways. Because uh, yeah, he was. He was uh, having great results back in 2019. He just didn't quite put it together in 2020. So he's he's not he's not way out of the game. He's just had you know one of those life hiccups. Yeah, and you know hard to know how much to read into it too with the weird 
COVID shortened and rearranged season also. There's a right whole lot going on there. So, And then speaking of Cube, uh, Phil Atwill had been riding for them for the last little bit, but then he, for this coming season, is going to be back on propane. He had a very good year last year, finished 14th overall in the World Cup standings, and he'll be back with propane where he raced for a few years, a few years back. It'll just be interesting to see what he gets up to in 2021 how much dh he's really planning on racing and uh he's been jumping around and kind of dabbling in a bunch of different disciplines in recent years and it'll be fun to see what he gets up to in 2021 especially after his really strong showing on the world cup circuit in 2020 yeah agreed you know atwell's always been a real fun one to watch and you know the his time on cube it never quite seemed like the perfect match that company for the for the uh, personality that is Phil Atwell but i think it's interesting that i'm not seeing atwell listed on propane's factory team but i see him as sponsored by propane so it's unclear to me whether atwell is going to be racing the world cup circuit or if he's going to be doing more of a josh bryceland uh he makes little video edits and jumps off of stuff and goofs around with his friends and is remarkably successful selling bikes just by doing that uh because as i see it propane factory team is still george brannigan henry kerr and then luke and remy meyer smith i'm assuming they're brothers uh, but I'm not real familiar with them. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. I think it's also interesting with going back to the Cube thing that it really seems like Cube kind of purged their roster to make room for Danny Hart because uh, Phil Atwell's off Cube, but also uh, Remy Mateye. I, I'm sure I'm butchering that. <laughs> uh, he's off of Cube as well. Not that he was racing much, but you know he was he was a pretty consistent producer of content for them and and seemed like a good asset for their marketing department. But anyways, I think they had to make some room on Cube to pay for Danny Hart's paycheck, or they just needed to make more room for you know those big. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on, <laughs> moving on, moving on. Just kind of ticking down our list, we see uh, Dakota Norton is moved to YT from Da Vinci. You know, I think this is an interesting one. As far as I have seen, Da Vinci hasn't picked anyone up. So this looks to me like Da Vinci is stepping out of the World Cup game. Yeah, at least for this season, it looks like they're taking a break. Yeah, which which I'm sorry to see. Um, they had a great team for a long time. You know, they had Stevie Smith riding for them back in the day and Dakota Norton's had some pretty good success with them. But I think, you know, this is maybe the, one of the best examples I see of, of teams that have kind of taken a step back in 2020 and reassessed how they want to handle their athlete sponsorships. Because we do see, some teams stepping up like Trek and and really going all in with their roster and then other teams like Da Vinci that are kind of taking a step back and focusing their efforts somewhere else. Yeah, they're maybe not the only one to do that, but they're one of the more visible since Dakota was always a top contender. And then just to 
round out the moves from the top 20 men. We've got Andreas Kolb, who finished 20th, going to Atherton from Gamex. And uh, <laughs> as Noah put it in our notes page, Atherton's finally letting some non-Brits ride their bikes. So, <laughs> yeah, at the first non-Brit on that team, and um, it's a dangerous proposition letting those Germans touch your bikes. But I, th- I think they'll probably do all right with it. Kolb, Kolb is one of the guys that would be pretty high on my list to watch for improving his results. I think he had a good season last year. Obviously, he had a good season coming in twentieth, and it seems like he's on an upward trajectory. So I think that's a that's a good buy from the Athertons. By the way, in the past, we have asked some of you to make predictions for the upcoming race season. So I'm tempted to ask this of you two right now. I don't know if you've been thinking through this, but you've got $1,000 of your own money. Who are you putting it on for this upcoming season? Like who takes the overall or who's world champ? Let's go both. Okay. Because I think we did this last year, and if I remember right, there was no money on the line, but the loser had to ride uphill in a race, like get timed uphill. That's right. And then COVID happened, yeah. and I think we that like distracted. Was it? This is Ben, isn't it? Ben has to do this. I think it was. Uh, it was a mutual bet. the The loser had to had to do something unpleasant. But yeah, then COVID happened, and. Because I think when we had this conversation last year, COVID was just like this like theoretical thing that might affect that might affect China a bit. <laughs> it was like on page eight of the newspaper or something. Yeah, we should still make good on that. Mostly if it's because if it involves Ben having to suffer or do something you know ridiculous, I'm for that. But we'll keep it focused for this coming season. Yeah, where would you two go with this? It's a tough one because there's a lot of guys that I feel like are solid contenders for the overall. But I think, you know, someone like Reese Wilson showed that he's got the pace, ended last season looking pretty strong. But it's it's really to be determined whether he can put in a solid, consistent full season, which is ultimately what's going to win the overall you know, it's that consistency. So thousand bucks. You can't afford to get this wrong. You got hungry creatures to keep alive. So I know, I know. Thousand bucks, that'll that'll buy me like a week's worth of formula. Yeah. All right, David, do should we give Noah a little more time here? Do you have your answers or your picks? I don't feel especially confident about this. Like Noah said, I think there are a ton of really strong contenders and it doesn't feel easy, but on the men's side, I think my first guess is just going to have to be to go back to one of the old guns and go with Amory Piron. I think he had not the strongest season last year. got hurt, kind of wasn't quite on his A game, but he's got the experience and has proven that he can just put together a really good, consistent season. And he seems... You know, I don't feel like he's a shoe in by any stretch, but seems like as likely a candidate as anybody on the men's side. Yeah, so Amory is my pick for the World Cup overall. And like I said, I think he's just got the show that he can put together a really consistent season. And on the world champ side, I'm going to take a flyer and just say that Reese Wilson repeats. Um, like Noah was saying there, he his 
looked just incredibly fast when he goes and puts on one run and for a one and done race i think he's got as good a shot as anybody right now okay noah time it's time yeah i know it's time but he just stole my answer then okay we've got consensus i uh, just to make it interesting i'm gonna say hang on you would take those you would go with exactly what david just proposed that would be where you want to go yeah i mean i'd i I think that's a pretty, that's a safe of bet as as you're going to get here. Bruni's listening to this right now thinking. Well, so that's what I was going to say. For world champs, I, I'll i take Bruni. You know, Reese Wilson is, is a, a very solid guess there. But, you know, it's a long season until world champs, you know, maybe maybe Reese catches a bad case of the Rona and, you know, isn't on his A game. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Bruni, but I do like Omri for the overall. Okay. Why don't we switch to the women's side of things? Talk about a few of the changes in the news, and then we'll ask the same question for your thousand dollar picks. Yeah. So we already talked about Volley Hall making the move over to Trek. Um, and it'll be cool to see what she can do with what is hopefully a more full season four she made the jump up to elite last year but then was hurt and didn't do much racing and wasn't ever healthy so it was kind of a lost season for her and um like we were saying she's just got to be the most exciting prospect that's come up on the women's side in a really long time and looking forward to seeing what she can do with a full season knock on wood that we have such a thing and that she's healthy for it a couple of the other big bits of news tracy hannah announced her retirement she it's been super strong contender for a long time. Still finished fourth overall last year, but she's hanging it up and has had a hell of a career. So yeah, good for her and wish her all the best. And then the other big least hiatus for next year is that uh, Rachel Atherton just announced that she's expecting a child in July. So she's sitting at least this season out. She hasn't made any public proclamations as to what that means for subsequent years yet, but uh, she at least won't be around for this year. A couple of the really big heavyweights from the last decade now who won't be around for 2021. It's going to be pretty different with the two of them gone. Yeah, but as far as the team changes go, it hasn't been that interesting on the on the uh, women's side. I, I didn't see any real noteworthy changes yeah valley hole which we already talked about and then the other one that seemed noteworthy to me even though it's it's a non-change is that nina hoffman is still not on a factory team she's running her own team called stiff mtb uh with i think her brother is on it as well yep you know there's a lot of speculation that she was going to get picked up by santa cruz she rides v10 uh but the Santa Cruz syndicate is, uh, they did not pick her up and the syndicate's down to just two riders. It's just uh, Greg Menar and Lucas Shaw. Uh, still a solid team, but it's a small team. Yeah. Quite the shuffle. Quite the shuffle. Are we ready for your $1,000 picks on the women's side? Sure. This one seems a little easier. So I'm going to go with, uh, for the overall, I'd take Miriam Nicole. Uh, she's been doing it for a long time. She's clearly still got the speed in her and, uh, 
you know, she's since she's been doing it for such a long time, she knows the pace she needs to go. She knows how to keep it consistent. She can get those consistent results that you need to take the overall win. Seagrave is seriously a contender there, but she hasn't quite had the consistency. It's been some injuries, some difficulty there. Um, but yeah, I'm sticking with Nicole for world champ. You know, it's kind of a crapshoot because I feel like there's probably four women that are realistic contenders. Uh, that'd be Miriam, uh, Tawny, Marine Cabaru, and then probably Valley Hole. And then, you know, if conditions are messy, then you can certainly add in uh, Nina Hoffman and and a few of the other few of the other women that are right up there. But I'm gonna go with Valley Hole for World Champ. I think I think it's gonna take her a few races uh, to really kind of figure it out and figure out her speed. But uh, she's a strong rider, and once she gets in her groove, then I think she's gonna be. I think she's gonna be on the top step. David, thoughts? Yeah, I think that's a pretty good bet all around. I do kind of agree with Noah's guess that Valley's probably not quite going to be winning the World Cup overall this season. She's still battling some injuries and trying to come back and hasn't had much experience on the elite side of things yet. And I think she's, I, I would bet that she wins a couple races, but doesn't quite have the consistency to, or at least wins a race, say, but doesn't have the consistency to put it together for the overall quite yet. Um, give it a couple years and I think she's going to be the woman to beat, but maybe not yet in 2021. And I think Miriam's a good, safe guess, but I'm going to flip the other way and say Marine Cabaret repeats. I think she and Miriam are the two strongest candidates for the overall, just with the level of experience and the pace that they've gotten. I'll go the other way and make it a little more interesting. And then for world champs, I think to Noah's point, Valley Hall's definitely got the pace to do it. But again, just to keep it a little more interesting, I'm going to say that Miriam pulls that one off just to pick something different. I'm confused by the, I really want your actual answers. So to be clear, let's, I want just sum up in 10 seconds, your actual answers, and then your attempt to be more interesting answers. My actual answers are, that Marine Cabaret wins the World Cup overall and that Miriam Nicole wins World Champs. Okay. You each have 2K on the line here. And uh, I don't know where the 2K goes. We'll figure that out later, but uh, I'm glad I'm glad we have some stakes here. I mean, I'm assuming you're paying it to us and then we pay it to each other, whoever wins. That's, that's oh. how this whole blister thing works, right? <laughs> we'll negotiate this later. Yeah, yeah. We've got uh, we've got some time to figure this out. Okay, well, I think next, since... Well, I'm going to go out on a limb and say none of us know enough about what's going on in the XC game, and we're not proud of this, and it's something we should work on. But I think what we're going to do here is actually just move on to free ride news and ask for forgiveness from all the passionate, intelligent, wonderful XC fans out there. Is that what we should do? I, I think that's a that's a good bet. We're just going to embarrass ourselves if we try to 
talk about cross-country racing. Okay. Let's stick to our relative wheelhouses then and talk about a bit of free ride news. First up on the list, we have Cam Zink and Adolf Silver are off of YT. Graham Agassi is on to YT. And the interesting thing I saw there, at least with Adolf Silva, is that he's off of YT and he's not on to anything else. He does not have a frame sponsor. He has other sponsors. Uh, but for one of the guys that, you know, he's young and healthy for the moment and doing all sorts of cool things on a bike and, you know, gets a lot of attention uh, at the various fest series events that he's going to and some of the other events that he's going to. Uh, I thought it was interesting that he, he doesn't have a frame sponsor. You know, he on his Instagram, he's talking about that he he paid his own money to to buy his bike which uh, you don't usually see with guys that are doing like double backflips over 70-foot gaps. Yeah, and similarly, Zinc doesn't have anything lined up that he's announced yet either. So it's two of the really top guys who are just off of YT and seemingly off in the ether for the moment. Um, But then, like you were saying, they did pick up Graham Agassiz, which, with all due respect to Evil, I'm glad that he's on a company that actually makes a dh bike again now uh you know he was riding for evil for a while and well they make some nice bikes they just simply don't have an actual downhill bike in their lineup and uh for the kind of stuff he's doing i think it'll be cool to have him riding a real downhill bike again yep absolutely he i mean he made those evils work pretty well and hit some pretty big stuff i think he was was he on a reckoning yeah with Smaller wheels in it for the most part. He wasn't running at full 29, but... And so then the next thing we're looking at, uh, Santa Cruz picked up Elliot Jackson and Veronique Sandler. Elliot Jackson was on Giant. Sandler was on Marin. Uh, I'm not really sure that I would call Elliot Jackson a free ride guy. You know, traditionally he was a racer, but he's not really racing these days. He's more of a, uh, a personality, I guess. But he's not getting sponsored for his race results, so we're talking about him here under the free ride section. But I think those are two pretty cool acquisitions from Santa Cruz. Sandler, you know, she is always a standout on the women's side of things at these free ride events. And uh, it's a very small pool of female riders that are making names for themselves on the free ride side of things. And she is certainly one of them. Uh, And then Elliot Jackson just seems like maybe the nicest guy in mountain biking and he just seems like a really good ambassador for the sport, uh, which means he will be a good ambassador for Santa Cruz. Yeah, for sure. A couple other sort of big names moving around on that side of things. Um, Johan Borelli riding for Gorilla Gravity. We talked to him on Bikes and Big Ideas a few weeks ago, and he's sort of another guy who's not doing events so much, but is more a just great ambassador for a brand putting out a ton of very fun videos and an entertaining, nice guy who's just a lot of fun to watch ride a bike and listen to talk about it. And so he's riding for Gorilla Gravity now, which is pretty cool. Kind of the first really big name pro that they've ever had in brand history for the most part. And then alongside that, Noah touched on this earlier, but Remy Metallier is riding for Propane now. And he and Johan have been riding and filming together quite a bit and recent weeks and putting out some pretty entertaining stuff. And again, Remy is just another dude who is 
making some of the coolest and most entertaining little video edits of anybody right now and another guy who just seems like a great ambassador and a good rep for a brand and propane's got him signed up now yep yeah both of those guys just putting out a lot of uh pretty cool content on youtube and social media uh, you know they're both living in the sea to sky corridor in british columbia and just day after day riding the gnarliest shit in the worst conditions <laughs> and uh putting it up for us to enjoy watching so uh yeah i think great uh great moves by both propane and gorilla gravity there yeah and then just to round some things out we got a couple of interesting moves on the ews side of things not nearly as many as were happening on dh but one of the big ones uh lou buchanan going to norco from forbidden he's been looking really fast and riding really well and kind of has been sort of synonymous with forbidden since they launched as a company a couple of years ago and now he's he's off and riding for norco instead now and then another pretty interesting one on the sort of more foundational team front is that cannondale who haven't had an ews team in a few years and much going on there have picked up mitch ropolato and Kara lynn to represent them on that side and sort of a poorly kept secret that they've got a new high pivot enduro bike coming for those guys to be riding nothing been uh made formal about that yet but the photos that they put out with the that team announcement very clearly showed them both riding something with a high pivot you could see the run of chain going up to it and all of the photos were very conspicuously taken from dead on front of the them so you couldn't see the bike very well but nevertheless you could see the the layout change on it so interesting things happening there and cool to see cannondale getting back into some serious enduro racing after just not having a team for a little bit yeah i think that'll be super interesting for for all the reasons you said you know cannondale has this history of of kind of experimenting with bikes and so the fact that they're developing not that a high pivot enduro bike is all that crazy these days. There's certainly a few of them on the market, but it's cool that they're working, you know, that they've got something up their sleeve there. And also I'm excited to see what Ropolato does. You know, that guy is a, a really good bike rider and um, he's fun to watch ride. And he's one of those few guys that seems like he can both put together race results and, put together some pretty entertaining edits of him just goofing around and hitting jumps. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what he does with Cannondale. Yeah, fun to watch. And then kind of the last really big one we've got is that Katie Winton is off of track, but seemingly hasn't been picked up by anybody else yet, which is wild. She's been absolutely hauling ass and having great race results. And the fact that she's seemingly off in the woods right now is surprising and kind of disappointing you'd, you'd think that uh she'd be a pretty easy acquisition for somebody but it hasn't happened yet so be curious to see if she can what she can get lined up and how that all shakes out yeah but but really i think that's that's about all that i've seen coming down on the ews side of things i would assume that there are some other roster changes that kind of flew under the radar that i missed but there wasn't a whole lot. Yeah. It seems like for the most part on the EWS side of things, everybody stayed put where they were and uh, they're just carrying on. Interesting. 
That was a great recap. As we think about these things, you know, from year to year, this is quite a shakeup and quite a few surprises in a number of different ways, right? Who isn't currently on a team? Who has jumped ship? The teams that are emerging as um, sort of new powers, it seems like. I mean, how would you guys rate this in terms of, you know, say over the last 10 years? Is this pretty high up there in terms of the like surprise factor for you? Yeah, I mean, there are just more, especially on the men's DH side, there are more people and more top names moving around than there usually are. Yeah, and I don't remember, I don't remember another year in recent memory, at least, where there was something happened like the Trek acquisitions where Trek went from being a team that was like, yeah, like, you know, they're they're a contender and, you know, Reese was starting to look real fast at the end of the year, but uh, you know, going into 2020, uh, I'm not sure anybody would have pegged Reese Wilson for being a dominant racer, definitely a solid racer, but, but not dominant. Uh, and, and I'm not sure he ended dominant just with his injury and, you know, Trek had Charlie Harrison, who's certainly solid. Um, but, you know, Trek went from being just another good team that was a solid contender to being the team to beat and i don't remember another year where some team did that where they kind of went from being just another player to being clearly the dominant force well gentlemen always fun to kind of hash this kind of thing out with you two yeah i'm really looking forward to this upcoming race season i'm all of my fingers are crossed that we can sort of move away from the you know, chaos and confusion of this past year, I guess we're about to find out, you know, maybe not the most important thing happening on the planet, but it sure would be nice if we could just sort of return to a rather regular and regimented season of racing where we get to see a lot of really incredible riders go do really incredible things. Again, all the fingers are crossed. For sure. Here's to hoping and uh, looking forward to watching how it all shakes out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks. I will be talking to both of you real soon. I'm going to get back to uh, launching Summit B of our new Blister Summit, so I should probably go do that. Noah, you should keep a couple little ones alive. David, you should just try to stay more sane than probably I or Noah are currently. So um, I think we have our respective roles right now. So uh, yeah, but um, always fun, guys, and we will talk to you again real soon. Yeah, good talking to you guys, too. This was fun. All right. Yep. See you guys. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for this edition of Bikes and Big Ideas. Thanks to Noah and David for the conversation. Thanks to Taylor Ahern for producing this episode. And thanks to you for listening. From all of us here in Gunnison and Crested Butte, please take good care of yourself and everybody else. And we will talk to you again real soon.